The following is brought to you by Canyon Ridge Church at Tacoma. For additional podcasts or information on service times and upcoming events, please visit us online at www.explorecrc.com. Well, this morning we're talking about um, love, sex, and marriage, and I really enjoyed this series tremendously because more than any other series, really, of all the ones that we've done, we've gotten more feedback from this one than any other series, and just a lot of really great encouragement and comments from people every single week saying, thank you, thank you for talking about this stuff, this is great stuff, churches don't talk about this, they need to, you've helped my family, and so thank you for all of that encouragement, and I'm excited that this is being a a blessing to you. If you missed any of the talks that we've given, you can see them on our website, just go to our website and you can listen to every single talk that we've given here at the church as well as those that have been offered on the marriage course and it's all completely free you can download that to your phone to your ipad what have you listen to it work on break you can listen to it in your car on the way to work if you have a newer car uh, with bluetooth can you believe it they have cars now that have wi-fi built in I mean, that is really cool that makes you want to sell my car huh you could be out in the middle of the the national forest and surf the internet. I mean, that's crazy. It's just, that's brilliant. So I encourage you to do that, to go back, and especially if you're a parent, because so much of what we've said in this series really applies to parents who are raising children and the things that you're going to need to share with your children, starting little kids move, going all the way up to instill these principles within them so that they'll be a success. They'll have a great life. They'll have a chance at a better relationship than you did. You know, we've all struggled through different things in life. And so uh, to save your kids these trials is worth every penny and then some. So take advantage of that resource. Have you ever marveled at how short a Hollywood marriage can be? I mean, is it just, I suppose after all this time now we should stop being shocked by how short these relationships are. And, and some of them are incredibly puzzling because it seems like they have all the components for a perfect relationship. You know, one of them that comes to mind to me, and no fault against them, I'm not trying to knock them, is, is Tom Cruise and Nicole Kidman. And they, they were married for a short period of time. And, uh, you know, here you have all this wealth, incredibly good looks, fame, talent like you wouldn't believe, both of them incredibly talented, smart. You know, they have all these great characteristics going for them, and yet they couldn't hold it together. That relationship eventually failed, and so many like it. And so it's got to make you wonder, wow, it, what's, is there any help for me and, and my relationship? Am, am I going to make, because I, I certainly don't have all those other things going for me. I don't have all those other blessings happening in my relationship. Am I going to make it? Well, it begins with understanding what kind of love it takes to have a relationship that lasts forever. I mean, what kind of love can last forever? Is there such a thing? Well, there is. The Bible describes that kind of love. And in fact, that kind of love explains a whole bunch of things about relationships, all the way back down to uh, 
when you're dating and going forward. So take a look at that today just briefly, that God's definition of what love is. When the Bible was written, the, the Greeks had probably at the time the greatest uh, understanding of the word love and, and had developed it quite extensively. Ours is real simple, right? You say you love your dog, and hopefully not in the same sentence, you say you love your wife, right? Because she complains to me all the time about how much you love the dog more than you love her. But it's not the same, right? Of course it's not the same. I don't love my wife and love my dog in the exact same way. Those are two different kinds of love. Well, how do you describe that? What's the difference? Well, the Greeks had four words for love, four different words. The first one is storge. This is not found in, in the Bible. But this is a love between family members. And so we've all experienced that. In John chapter 11, you see this kind of love in Martha and Mary, their interaction with Lazarus. Lazarus was their, their brother. They loved him dearly, the Bible tells us. They loved him greatly. And that's that kind of love. It's called storge. It's a love between family members. The next one is called philia. And this is in the Bible. This is a love between friends. Friendship love. So a bromance, right? Between two dudes, love. Friendship between two girls who love each other. John, or excuse me, Romans chapter 12, he talks about brotherly love. So this is a biblical kind of love, philia. The next one is eros, and eros is erotic love, passionate love. In 1 Corinthians 7, Paul talks about this kind of love. He doesn't use that word. It's not found in the Bible. Eros is not anywhere in, in the Bible. But it's a passionate love, a burning, erotic kind of love. And then there's the last one, agape. So four kinds, storge, philea, eros, agape. Agape love is sacrificial love. And we see this word is used in the Bible quite extensively, but no place more than 1 Corinthians 13. So if you have a Bible, you want to try and find that location. It's in the New Testament, 1 Corinthians 13. We'll show you the verses up here as well. Now, four kinds of love helps a whole lot better, doesn't it? It kind of divides it all out and tells you when you love your dog, you're loving your dog in this kind of love. And when you're in the bedroom, it's this kind of love. And when this, this kind of loves, we have all these different kinds of love, okay? Only one of them has the capability of sustaining a relationship over the long term. Only one. And that is sacrificial love. So if you build your relationship on any one of the others, for take, for example, Eros. If you build your relationship on Eros, passion, passionate love, erotic love, if that's the foundation of your relationship, then it's going to be a very short relationship. It's not going to last very long because Eros doesn't have the capability of sustaining a relationship long term. It phases out. It fizzles out. It's based upon feeling, emotions. It can be ignited in a second and it can dissipate within a second. It comes and goes very quick, quickly. So the only type of love that will sustain you over the long haul is sacrificial love. The agape love. That's the only one that can last for a lifetime. Now think of it like this. I've got this little uh, uh, 
illustration here that the media team made for me. I'm going to put this one over here. So hopefully you can see this here. The bottom piece here is the foundation of this home. And it's built, uh, it's made out of concrete. So it's incredibly hard. It's solid. It's, it's, it's tough. It's difficult. It's a hard piece. You can make a foundation out of rock or stone or steel. But everybody knows it's a universal principle. It doesn't matter where you are in the whole universe. You know this. If you want a good foundation, it needs to be made out of something hard. You can't have a solid foundation on something like wood, straw, hay, glass, plaster. All these things are great for building, which we, we use to make this part of it. Okay? We can use those kind of things here, and it'll rest on this solid foundation, and it'll last a lifetime. But if you don't build it on a strong, solid foundation... Then the pressures of life, which is just a regular life, it's nothing special to you. I mean, we all think our problems are uniquely ours, but they're not. Everybody experiences the same things. It's the pressure of life. It will completely crush that structure. So if I were to reverse this, and we'll just gently set it on here and see if it can hold that foundation that that heaviness so the heaviness of life rests upon that structure but just a little bit more pressure more whoa that's a good glue three little blows it's destroyed this is what happens when you don't have a solid foundation. So you build the relationship on passion. It starts with passion. It's ignited with passion. And it's exciting, right? It's powerful. A lot of feeling and emotion. And we build the entire relationship on that. And it doesn't matter what all the other circumstances are. Beauty, wealth, fame, all this stuff. None of that helps the relationship survive because its foundation was bad to begin with. It was, it was built on something that was not meant to last. This type of material can't hold up. It's too weak. You know, it's easily broken. It's easily changed. A better person comes by. A better offer comes by. A better deal. More enticing. More passion. The passion's fading over here, so there's more passion over here. And you leave those relationships so easily because they aren't strong. They can't handle temptation. They can't withstand the pressures of life. And so they crush. They don't make it. Now, you might say, well, okay, so what? So... I like having relationships that are built in passion. I enjoy passion. I love that. What's the big deal? Why is love so important? Well, let's take a look. 1 Corinthians 13, chapter or verse 1 of chapter 13. If I could speak all the languages of earth and of angels, but didn't love others... I would only be a noisy gong or a clanging cymbal. If I had the gift of prophecy and I understood all of God's secret plans 
and possessed all knowledge. And if I had such faith that I could move mountains, but did not love others, I would be nothing. If I gave everything I have to the poor and even sacrificed my body, I could boast about it. But if I didn't love others, I would have gained nothing. Powerful point here. Love is so critical to life. Without it, you have nothing. Without it, you are nothing. Powerful. The most important ingredient in life is love. It's also the standard of measurement. The standard of measurement for all relationships. All relationships are measured and weighed by agape love, by the ultimate standard of love. So this person that you meet, they're really great. They can talk. They're great at conversation. They're so interesting and and wonderful. And and they say all these fun things and they, they like to joke and they can talk about all different subjects. But they don't have love. They have nothing. This guy is so hot. I mean, he's got this perfect toned body, and he's so gorgeous, and he's better looking than anybody I've ever met. But he doesn't have love. So he is nothing. He has all the money in the world. He's a millionaire. He's got tons of money in a boat and a house and a plane. But he doesn't have love. He has nothing. You get where we're going with this? She's really smart and beautiful and and good-looking, and but she has no love. She has nothing. Well, she might have eros. There might be a lot of eros, passion, and eroticism in that relationship, but it doesn't have sacrificial love. And so it has nothing. Look at verse 4. He begins to go into this in detail and describe what he means by sacrificial love. This is what God is saying to us. He's saying, all right, you want to know what love is? Let me tell you. Love that lasts forever is a love that is patient and kind. Let this sink into your heart, okay? Because you're going to need this later. Patient, kind, not jealous or boastful or proud or rude. Hmm. We're already thinking of somebody. It does not demand its own way. Is not irritable. It keeps no record of being wronged. It does not rejoice about injustice, but rejoices whenever the truth wins out. Love never gives up, never loses faith, and all is always hopeful and endures through every circumstance. Now, that's an incredible picture of love that we're getting there. And remember, it's our standard of measurement. So we can take that and measure it against our relationships and see how they stack up. See how they match to this. Let's start with patience. Sacrificial love is patient. Now, we could stop right there and do a whole series on patience, couldn't we? Patience. You know what the irony of this is? I was sitting in a waiting room writing this portion of my talk. And uh, there's about five of us in the waiting room. And they had Wi-Fi. So I'm looking up the definition of patience and looking into what it means and how it is. And this 
stupid woman came into the room and purchased a bag of chips from the vending machine. So she sits down and she's trying to open her bag of chips. Okay, it takes her like three minutes. She can't open the bag. All right? I almost got up and went over and tore it open for her just so she would be quiet. I mean, I'm trying to study here. And so then it begins one chip at a time. I mean, by the fifth, tenth chip, I am just, just grating on me. I can barely type. And I start to pray, okay, God, please help me. I want to just, oh, I want to hit this lady. I looked at her three times. Three times. Ma'am, we can all hear you munching on your chips. Could you please go in the other room? And then it hit Dawn on me. Wait, 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 what, what am I doing here? I'm the biggest hypocrite on the planet. It still didn't help me get over it. <laughs> Let me tell you what patience is. Right here. The capacity to accept or tolerate, delay, trouble, noisy people in the waiting room, and suffering without getting angry or upset. That's what patience is. How do you develop patience in a relationship? When they're treating you wonderfully, when they're so kind and great and everything's good? No. You develop patience when you can't stand them. When they have burned you over and over and over. Now, patience is impossible. You can't attain it if your heart is full of all kinds of issues and disagreements and problems and issues in that relationship because that's going to feel anger. And when anger is present, patience is not. You're just an angry, irritable person all the time. And if you put anger into a relationship consistently, it will fail. Okay? It can't survive in that kind of environment. And so, you know, maybe you don't think you're an angry person. Well, here's a good test. If you're brave enough, ask your spouse. Ask your kids, am I an angry person? And then accept their answer kindly. And if they say you're an angry person, then you are. You are, just flat out, you are. And you need to deal with that because as long as that is there, that relationship will suffer. Kindness, he says, is the next one. I'm just going to do a couple of these. We could go all day on this, right? Kindness is the foundation for passionate love. So back to this analogy here. Kindness here, this is my foundation, and it's called kindness. So it's in the words I use, how I talk to that person, the tone of voice. All right? Do I speak down to them? Am I demeaning to them? Am I constantly correcting them, constantly biting them, constantly showing my irritation towards them? Okay, that's not kindness. But if I build kindness in that relationship, I'm kind in what I say and how I act and the words that I use and my facial expression, my tone of voice, my body language. It's kindness, kindness, kindness. Then guess what? The erotic part of my relationship, the passionate part of my relationship thrives. You know what the key is to an awesome time in the bedroom? 
Kindness. Kindness paves the way. Kill her with kindness. Shower her with kindness. Shower him with kindness and love and respect and see what it doesn't do to the relationship. It makes it so much better. Now, if you continue on and you are continue unkind in this relationship, guess what? You're going to drift apart and eventually it's going to end. I remember seeing an interview with Tom Cruise after that relationship broke up with Nicole Kidman, and he said they were still friends. There wasn't, you know, they weren't going to hate each other or anything. But you could tell there just wasn't a whole lot of kindness there. On both sides of the coin, perhaps. No relationship can survive on a steady diet of harshness. And I think sometimes those who us, of us are harsh, we don't know that we're harsh. And so we need to be told that we're harsh, okay? And it doesn't come naturally. Being kind and sweet and saying things in a nice tone of voice doesn't come naturally to some person. So that has to be developed. Now, maybe you're like me and you noticed that this definition here of love, sacrificial love, it doesn't include anything automatic or natural. So in other words, this is not something that's built into our DNA. It's not out of instinct, these are character traits, character qualities. If that's true, then nobody ever falls in love. Well, we say that a lot, don't we? Oh, we fell in love. Why do we say we fall in love? Because it happens in a weekend, right? It's, it, it denotes something rapid, quick. Happened overnight. Fell in love. Swept me off my feet. Well, if sacrificial love is a character trait, does patience develop in a weekend? I wish it did. <laughs> I wish it did. This kindness happened in a moment. No, it's developed over a long period of time, right? You develop these traits over a long period of time. And so if somebody is saying they fell in love, what are they really saying? Well, they're saying a different kind of love. I have passion. I fell into something erotic. Because that does happen in a moment. That does happen in a weekend. That does happen in an instant. All right? It's quick. It's stirred up in a moment, and it's gone in a moment. And so what's happened is too many relationships have been built on this foundation that is never meant to last more than a weekend. Some parents, they ask me, they say, well, when should children date? What's a good dating age for my kids? And uh, they're looking for a number. They're looking for a year. Oh, this year or that year. Or maybe, maybe they don't care. Maybe they just throw their kids to the wolves. Well, this description of sacrificial love gives us the answer. It's very clear. We know exactly when children should begin dating. I love the Bible. It's so, uh, it's so practical. It gives us what we need. Sacrificial love and maturity go hand in hand. The two are one and the same. If you are mature, then you are able to uh, develop 
our love that's sacrificial. And so if your teenager is not showing signs of sacrificial love, well, they have no business dating, right? This is so critical for parents to understand. This is so important. You know, you'll prepare your children for life. Train your children how to recognize sacrificial love. Because if they know how to see it in other people, then they'll be attracted to those kind of people, and the end result will be your son or daughter marries someone who actually loves them, not somebody who's just in lust with them. Train your kids how to love you that way. You love them with sacrificial love, train them to love you with sacrificial love. So, what does that look like? Well, when you're taking out the trash, you do it with a good attitude. When you're picking up your toys, you're doing it with a good attitude. Because you're saying back to the parent, I love you. And children don't get this automatically. They must be taught. I did this yesterday. It was great. My son says to me, why should I do the dishes? Isn't that great? That's the best. You just... He's like, oh, that was the best softball of all time. Batter up, Homer's coming. I say back to him, son, because you love me. Well, I do love you, Dad, but that has nothing to do with the dishes. Oh, I disagree. Because in you doing the dishes, you're saying to me that you love me. And why do you love me? Because for the last 15 years of your life, I have loved you. And what does he do? He thinks for a minute and gets up and does the dishes. Right? You teach, teach your children how to love, if you've got boys, teach them how to love their mother. How to love their mother sacrificially. If you've got daughters, how to love their father. Dads, take your daughters on 20 dates and teach them what to look for in a potential mate. Say, listen, these are the is he kind? Is he patient? Does he remind you of all the things you do wrong? Is he forgiving? Go through these characteristics with your daughter and show her what to look for, how to find them in a guy, so that when she marries him, she'll marry someone who loves her. Is there an age for dating? No. Don't ever set a, a date. Okay, you can, a, you can date when you're 14. You can date when you're 16. Don't do that. Say to your son or daughter, you can date when you've learned how to love sacrificially. And it begins with your mother and I. Teaching them how to love you first. Set a character benchmark. And when they've learned it, they're ready for dating. Too many parents are setting their children up for all kinds of suffering and trouble. We are sending a generation out into the world completely unprepared. And so they go out and they find somebody, right? And what do they look for? They look for this. That's what they know. They do that by instinct, right? You don't need, do you need to train your son or daughter to look for somebody who looks good? They automatically do that, don't they? Okay? 
So they go out and they look for all the things that pertain to this, and they have it down, but they don't look for this. And so they get married, and within a very short period of time, they have this incredible realization. I am in a relationship with someone I don't love. I'm in a relationship with someone who does not love me. And that's a scary place to be. Dads, is that what you want for your girls? Is that what you want for your daughter? Do you want her to cry a thousand tears all through the night, night after night, sleepless nights, because of how her husband is treating her? Because you never taught her how to find somebody who would love her. Or sending them into the world with this underdeveloped sense of what to look for in love. Uh, a good friend of mine used this phrase with me a couple years ago. It's really stuck. I've never forgotten. It's so great. She calls it a people picker. Your people picker is broken, and so you pick the wrong people, right? Or it's essentially what that means is you looked for the wrong things. You didn't know what to look for. But now the Bible said, here, this is what you look for because this is a sacrificial kind of love that will last for a millennium. Is that what you want? You want it to last for a long time? If your children don't learn how to love you sacrificially and you don't love them sacrificially, then guess what? The dysfunction will continue for generation after generation after generation. But you can break the cycle by beginning to implement this kind of love. Now, this is what you need to become, right? To become the person that you need to be. This is also what you need to look for in others. So we know this is what we look for and what we train our kids to look for. And when they find it, they found the right thing. So they have no business dating until they know that and they find that. Now, it also gives us a lot of hope because we have now the opportunity for a mid-course correction or even a late-course correction. It doesn't matter. You can, anyone can change. You can change this at any point in the relationship. Thank God for second chances and grace. Anyone can change. In this text in 1 Corinthians helps us know where to make the changes. Too often what people what happens is people are, are discontented with their relationship. They know it's bad. They know it's lame. They don't like it. They get that, all right? But they don't know what to change. So they go about changing all of this. Well, if we have more of this, or do it differently, or a different way, or add in this, or this component, just fixing this to no avail. But this text tells us, okay, what you need to fix is your level of kindness. It stinks. Food. You mean leaving my dirty underwear on the floor is hurting my relationship? Uh-huh. Yes, 
how you talk to each other is hurting the relationship? Yes. Yes. Constantly bringing up all of her failures and past failures and mistakes is hurting the relationship? Yes. Okay? It tells you what to look for. tells you what to work on. Okay, you got a problem? Go back to the foundation and rebuild. And you know what? The beauty of the Bible is so beautiful. So beautiful. If you look at 1 Corinthians chapter 7, Paul addresses this with the church at Corinth, and he says, listen, if you have to, take this, set it aside for a predetermined period of time. So you say, don't have sex. Cut out the passion. No passion for a period of time. So don't make it from now until eternity. Let's say 30 days. So that you can work on this. Go over and work on your foundation. Build this back up. Take care of it. Fix some things. Get some things right. Maybe you need to go and ask for forgiveness for a number of things. Repair this. Let it heal. Then bring this back. And start over. And anyone can. Now, I wish I could say that it doesn't matter what's happened. That would be great. So no matter what's happened, you can repair it. That is, it just isn't true, okay? It isn't true. If one person commits adultery, cheats on that, their spouse, that is a betrayal that cuts so incredibly deep that God says, okay, that one, go ahead and divorce them. That one, that one is so, that one, has made it so difficult that it will take a miracle for the foundation to be repaired. In that case, demolish the building. Start over. Now, does that mean you do that every single time automatically, no matter what? No. Because some people, by the grace of God, have been able to forgive and go on and repair the relationship. But most people cannot And so Jesus said, in the case of of adultery, separate, break the relationship, divorce, and move on. But now, but now, what do you do? Do you go back and look for this and ruin it again? No. change Change your plan, your strategy this time, and go and find somebody who knows how to love already. You're sitting here thinking today, some of you, I'm assuming, you're hearing this talk and you're saying to yourself, my husband doesn't love me. Not with sacrificial love. Based on this, I don't see it. He doesn't love me. Or, maybe you're saying, my wife she doesn't love me. I, I, I don't see this coming from her. This is not in our relationship. She doesn't love me. What am I going to do? What do you do if that's your case? Well, the longer you've been married, the more complex your relationship has become. The longer your history is, the more people that are involved and engaged with that relationship And so it didn't take you a weekend to get this far off. 
It's not going to take a weekend to make it right. And too often people think that. Well, we'll go see the pastor. He'll straighten it out in an hour. I wish. I wish I could. All right? It took you 20 years to get this way. It's going to take a bit of time to undo it all. So, first of all, get prepared for the long haul. Unless you've only been married for a week, well then, okay. That's going to be a little easier. But if it's any longer than that, it's going to take some time. And you couldn't fix it yourself, so you need help. And don't do what most people do. They wait until the relationship is completely destroyed, and then they say, well, let's give God a chance. That usually does not work. Okay? It usually does not work, and it's unfortunate. Don't wait until absolutely no hope, no life left, no chance of repair. Don't wait till then. Get some help before then. Do it right away. Humble yourself and find somebody. We've got a marriage course going on, by the way. Isn't that great news? It's on Wednesday nights. You know, and it's free. And on this Wednesday, we're going to talk about forgiveness, one of the most critical components to any relationship. How about that? You might be sitting here and thinking to yourself, my son is dating, my daughter is dating, and she does not know what sacrificial love is. Uh-oh. What should I do? Well, this is what I recommend. Put her in a barrel and put the lid on it, and then let her out in 25 years. That would be easy, wouldn't it? I don't want to be simple and trite, okay? I want, don't, don't want to leave you with the impression that this is easy. If that's the case, you've got a son or a daughter who's been dating for a period of time and they have no idea what sacrificial love is because they don't love you with sacrificial love, all right? You've got a problem there. They're not loving you that way. They're certainly not going to love that other person that way. And if this continues on, they're going to get into a marriage relationship and suffer and suffer and suffer. So what do you do? How do you break that cycle? It takes an enormous amount of effort. This is an all hands on deck effort. So this is husband and wife effort now and you immerse yourself into that child's life. You spent 20 minutes with them each week. Now you need to spend five hours. Invest incredibly into that child's life knowing them, being their friend, teaching them, training them about love, get started and encourage, 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 encourage. Teach them how to love. You're behind the eight ball, so to speak, because they've already started dating and they don't know. Maybe you're sitting here today and you're thinking to yourself, I am dating, I'm in a relationship. And I didn't know what the definition of love was. I I thought it was all about passion. And I'm hearing this for the very first time. What do I do? First of all, don't fool yourself to think you can do on-the-job training. All right? Well, 
I'll get a Bible this afternoon. Well, not today because they're closed on Sunday. On Monday, I'll get a Bible. I'll get that portion out there, and I'll put it on the refrigerator, and I'll learn how to be nice. Don't fool yourself. All right? This takes time. It takes time. What would be better is to say, I'm going to devote 2015 to learning how to love sacrificially. And so I'm not going to be involved with anyone romantically until I learn these principles. It's sort of like making a covenant or an agreement with God today. Saying, God, okay, I'm going to, I'm not, I'm going to, Devote my life to you, and I'm not going to be involved with people romantically uh, uh, for a year while I learn how to love people sacrificially. Now, if you're married, I'm not advocating you divorce them, okay? So you can't do that if you're married. This is your dating if you're single. How important is love? How important is love, period, and how important is it to you? It's a great question. The Bible says without love, you're nothing. It's that important. Without it, you have nothing. You really don't have a relationship. It's, he says, the greatest of things. Faith, hope, love, but the greatest is love. When you have sacrificial love in a relationship, it is the greatest thing on the planet. It is awesome. It's amazing how strong you are. Amazing. It's amazing. When two people are loving each other sacrificially, all right, and pressure comes, attacks come, it's amazing how they're able to just push right through them. And I don't care what it is. A child could die, family member could die, person is murdered, robbed, you know, horrible, terrible things. Amazing how that couple will be strong and plow right through. And also, when there is no love, no sacrificial love in that relationship... It's amazing how the tiniest little thing can completely separate them for three days. Won't talk to each other, sleep in separate bedrooms, destroys the relationship. You can say, I don't like your shoes, and that's enough. It's amazing. Makes it strong. Makes your home life a place you want to be. So at the end of work on Friday, you're not thinking, I'm going to go to the bar and hang out with my buddies. You're thinking, I want to go home and be with my family because that's a much better place. I want to be with those people. There I'm loved. Imagine how our world would be if we were sending all of these young people out into the world to get married and they knew how to love each other. Wow, how, how powerful that would be. 
All we have to do is look at what God says, what real sacrificial love is, and follow it. I want to pray for you this morning, and, and uh, if you're single today, then I, I, I think this is a prayer of commitment for you. A prayer of commitment. You're just saying, uh, I need to learn these things. I want to develop these characteristics in my life, and I won't date until I get them. That's an incredible prayer. For you dads out there, you have daughters that are dating age or close to it. This is a prayer of, oh God, oh God, help me. (laughs) Right? Show me what to do. Here's a tip. Take her on a date. Start with that. Start with that. Show your children what to look for. Mothers, if you're here and you have sons or daughters and they don't know what love is, they don't know what to look for, this is a prayer of God. Help me. Help me know what to do for my son or daughter. I love them so much, I don't want them to suffer. I don't want them to be at the altar with somebody who doesn't love them. I wouldn't want that fate on my enemies. God, help us with our kids. So maybe you're in one of those places. Let's pray together and start the process of health.